A podcast by Cipra. Il podcast della Cipra. Le podcast della Cipra. Der Cipra podcast. Ciprim podcast. Interviews, background talks and voices from all alpine countries. Listen to this and more in the podcast of the International Commission for the Protection of the Alps. www.cipra.org forward slash podcast. Welcome to another edition of our Zipra podcast. Transport and mobility is one of the main causes of climate change. In the Alps, almost 30% of all greenhouse gases can be attributed to transport. And both passenger and freight traffic volumes are rising continuously. Travel through the Alps by train in a climate-friendly way with our project Youth Alpine Interrail also known as Joalin. Young adults traveled through the Alps by train in the summer of 2018 and 2019, making first-hand experiences with climate change and sustainable mobility. But what is really needed for climate-friendly travel in the Alps? On December 9, 2020, young people discussed this with political representatives of environmental ministries from Slovenia, Austria and Germany, and also with Mariana Elmi from the Alpine Convention. The discussion took part during the UP Week Intermezzo. During the next half hour, you will hear the first part of this discussion, hosted by Magdalena Christandl, one of the first ULIN travelers. We will now uh, discuss how sustainable traveling can become mainstream and how we can get in from saying to doing. So I would like to welcome um, some ULIM partners from the very first beginning. Um, I would like to welcome Katharina Zwettler from the Austrian Federal Ministry for Climate Action, Environment, Energy, Mobility, Innovation and Technology. I would like to welcome Blanka Bartol, Slovenian Ministry of Environment and Special Planning. Um, I would also like to welcome Markus Becker, Federal Ministry of Environment, Nature, Conservation and Nuclear Safety from Germany. And Mariana Elmi, Permanent Secretary of the Alpine Convention. Hello and thank you to taking your time. And uh, I would also like to, to welcome the ULIN travelers. They will be part of the discussion as well. Um, so from the Jolins, they are here, uh, Nicolas, Mateusz, Natal, Laura, Eva and Luisa. Hello, everybody. So I hope everybody can hear us and um, is able to discuss with us. Um, I would like to start with the first question, uh, probably Mariana Elmi. Welcome and thanks for your time. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Mariana, at some point the COVID crisis will be over. How could people all over the Alps be motivated to get back on train and bus? This is really a million dollar question, I have to say. <laughs> But I think that a main issue will remain safety. So COVID will hopefully very soon we hope go away, but uh, I think that the concerns related to safety will probably not um, in the public and in the people. So much of it will have to do with how transport companies will deal with safety on public transport. But this is not the only side of the coin. 
I think that a main issue will be flexibility. So we have learned a lot with COVID and we also have learned, for example, that maybe we don't need all to be in the office at the same time at 7.30 in the morning. And we don't need to all travel for holidays in the same week of the year and go to the same place. So I think this combination gives us the potential to find safe and flexible solution for public transport. And we could, for example, think about lowering capacities of means of transport, but increasing the frequencies and doing it in combination, for example, with digitalization. So we could have, for example, real-time information on the level of occupation of transport means, information on peak hours, information on peak seasons. So people could really in real time make decisions and say, okay, I'm going to take the bus later. I'm going to take the train later because we will probably be able also to structure our lives in a more flexible way. I mean, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also, um, of course, there are issues like maybe we will also have to redesign our, our, how our transport means really look inside, but this is something that is not up to me to do. And I think one very important mean, I mean, we're talking about trains here, but I think one mean of transport that has emerged as very important during the COVID pandemic is bikes. I think bicycles will always be more and more important. They are the perfect climate-friendly transport mean. We have seen in many Alpine countries, which were, let's say, still lagging a bit behind bicycle infrastructure that they are now catching up and that there is a big interest on bike. So I think really we could stimulate and motivate people going back and taking uh, public transport by combining it even more by bike. So more place on public transport for bikes, lower fares for bike transport and so on. So I think intermodality, flexibility, safety would be three main keywords. So hopefully we, we will be there at the combina a combination of traveling means that would be perfect. Thank you, Mariana. Katharina Zvetla, I would like to ask you, um, what do you think uh, in your point of view, um, which three main challenges are there to making sustainable traveling mainstream? Hi, Magdalena. Uh, hi to all of you. Uh, thanks for inviting me. Uh, and thank you for this very important question. Um, I think I will touch some points that also Mariana touched uh, in her speech. Um, the three main challenges in my point of view are First is the uneven distribution uh, of access to means of sustainable transport in the sense of public transport. And I mean in concrete urban versus rural areas. I think there's a huge variety uh, of accesses uh, and urban areas are uh, very often not that well uh, developed in means of public transport as or the other way around, sorry, rural areas are not that much developed as urban um, areas. Um, the second challenge that I would like to mention is the challenge of creating comfort. We all love comfort, I guess. Um, and for instance, comfort in the sense of uh, public transport or sustainable means of transport means increasing intervals for public transport, supporting interfaces, uh, and the use of different means of public transport, for instance, bike storages at train stations, 
or the opportunity, the possibility to take your bike into the train and into the bus to manage the last mile uh, without public transport. Um, and the third challenge in my point of view uh, is a quite big one and a challenge we are very often facing when talking about sustainability. This challenge is awareness raising and changing the mindset. Um, and I would like to mention uh, two different topics in that sense, uh, which are all combined in saying, do not always search for the most comfortable way. I know we all love comfort, but the way of traveling that fits to your personality. Um, I, I have two, um, uh, two examples prepared. For instance, ask yourself, do I love the feeling of cold wind on my face in winter? If yes, take your bike in winter and do your travels by bike. Uh, might be adventurous. And this takes me to another point. Um, ask yourself, am I an adventurous person? Ask yourself, maybe, can I forget the last mile? Because if you start thinking, you can also change your mindset by saying there is no last mile in case you define how the or you define the whole route as your adventure. For instance, your trip into the mountain starts at your doormat. Um, you take the bike to the train station, you go by public transport and your hike does not start at the point where you see the first sign into the wilderness, but it starts at the train station. And you will see a more greater variety of landscapes. You will um, pass um, city centers, you will pass different varieties of landscape. And this is, in my opinion, very adventurous. So it's another way of discovering uh, and another quality of traveling in my point of view. Thank you. Thank you, Katharina. <laughs> so we should take our bike for adventures. <laughs> That's a good idea, I think. Maybe because we are in this uh, mindset changing that every generation needs to change the, the mindset. Um, Interrail, for example, is available for all generations, not just for young people. Um, what, like, what could we give or like, how could we communicate that it's for everybody and how could we involve also such other generation in such an adventure? This is a question for me. Yeah. Sorry, Hello. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> Hello, everybody um, from Slovenia. I think that one of the first things that, uh, I mean, you, you asked about incentives, but I think that no incentives, incentives can work if there is not a head uh, which is uh, willing to Uh, to go for, for such a sustainability travel. So that means that um, Katarina already mentioned it, um, um, change of a mindset. And maybe in this, in this relation, the changing of the mindsets of the a little bit older people like I am, for example, it's a little bit difficult. But nevertheless, uh, Katarina put it quite nicely, asking yourself, you should ask yourself if you are adventurous, Person and I think that by promoting the different, um, uh, how to say, different um, adventures can be um, can be uh, can be accessed in this way by traveling by by train can also um, um, 
be a good information for people who are seeking um, for more sustainable uh, I mean, for for different from different places to look different places. So awareness raising in the sense that uh, we the the the, the train um, is uh, very interesting means for transport because you see the countryside and the landscape from the different perspective. Um, then there's also uh, I need um, as regards the incentives the the the. Uh, touristic programs should be adapted to this type of traveling. I mean, we are not, um, we have, a, we developed uh, this machinery of touristic tourism uh, um, economy is quite uh, vast, I mean, quite big and uh, strong, but it, sh it, sh it should take into account these possibilities. Of course, um, it, is, uh, it is not always um, it is sometimes a problem this last kilometers, which uh, was already mentioned today, but nevertheless, uh, all, already uh, Mariana uh, mentioned this last kilometers or the bike possibility to travel by bikes. We know that this is very well um, um, developed already uh, using bikes or giving uh, putting bikes on, on trains, but there's still a plenty of room to be <laughs> to be to be done uh, to be filled with better solutions for example i know for slovenia we we had we have some problems with this uh, how to enable traveling uh, by by um, bicycles but we are working on that um, this is what i wanted to say um, so I think it's a quite a possibility, but without awareness, awareness raising, maybe already in schools, because young people can 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 persuade their parents. Also, I mean, this uh, this uh, uh, interactions with with uh, um, different views uh, uh, influence on the elderly people how to uh, how to um, create their holiday. Uh, and how to maybe even make uh, better relations within the the, the families, which uh, when such travel um, brings in front of the families uh, some other aspects, um, they are more connected and so on. So I think this uh, awareness raising is here key, but it shall be diversely uh, um, addressed. I mean, it's not only for young people, it's for uh, families for older people and so on. Okay, thank you, Blanca. Mm, so the families should travel together with interest. <laughs> uh, that would be great because we were talking about generations. Uh, I have a question for Marcus Becker because you mentioned the young generation, but uh, yeah, and we should. Um, involve our parents you mentioned but what else do you expect from us like how can a young generation interact with this problem and um, what do you expect from us from the younger generation that's a tough question for me actually um, because I think it's a little bit what we heard I think it's about changing the mindset and I think the power of the young generation is really to change not only them their own mindsets I think um, first and foremost most most of the young people they they already approach the questions of mobility with a whole new mindset but I think the 
the main power is to change also the mindset of their parents and maybe their grandparents and the people around them. So to, to be active on the street, serve as a role model, use different means of transportation, but also do a lot of communication and, and share their views and visions on, on mobility and also engage in the processes that are going on. For instance, uh, in Germany, uh, we have a climate law which defines uh, climate, um, climate protection targets, so um, concrete targets for reducing greenhouse gas emissions. And these targets are also broken down to sectors. So we have a specific transport um, emission target. And this whole climate process, so the climate law, but also our climate action plan, um, are kind of overarched by a huge dialogue process. And there's much possibility, there's many possibilities for young people also to engage here and bring in their vision. And um, this is, I think this is also very helpful. So I have to say, I work for the Ministry for the Environment um, and the transport team over here. But as, as you can imagine, it's not always easy uh, to be successful with environmental ideas. And once we get a, get a strong and powerful message and voices from the, from the young generation, that also helps us to be successful in the negotiations that we do have with our colleagues uh, working for different departments and um, yeah, making sustainable mobility mainstream. So that's, that would be my answer here. Thank you, Marcus Becker. But in times of Fridays for Futures, I think the young generation make clear what they want. It's that enough, like to go on the streets and to to demonstrate every Friday, or uh, do you think there is something more? I think it cannot be underestimated what the Fridays for Future. Uh, did and, and is still doing. And I think that really helped much. Once you have politicians and decision makers sitting around the table over here in Berlin, for instance, and there's huge protests and, and the politicians and decision makers know that in the evening news and everywhere that, where people check, check the news, there will be reports on the demonstrations. They will know that they cannot exit the room and the table that they are sitting at taking decisions that they cannot exit this room without taking at least uh, like a 50% courageous decision and a future looking decision. So I think that's, that's really helpful and cannot be underestimated. And as I said, of course, that, that cannot be everything. Yeah, you have to communicate, you have to go out on the street, but also in the social media and just um, try to, to be a good role model yourself and, and tell it to the others. I think that's that's it, mainly. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we are talking uh, a lot about young people, so maybe we can just ask them what they are thinking. Uh, I would like to ask Nicolas um, first question. He was a traveler in 2019 and joined the CYC afterwards. And he was a finalist at the USAL Pitcher Project and he has the idea of a regional currency called Edelweiss. Nicolas, um, you are living in, in Bormio. Uh, it's a really touristic place um, and it's not accessible that good with public transport. Um, what do you think needs to be done that also the guests and the locals as well are using more sustainable transport to come to your place? Hello, everybody. Uh, so, yes, uh, I'm from Borneo, that uh, 
if you don't know it, it's, it's a small, beautiful town on the Italian Alps. And uh, yes, sometimes half of the year is uh, completely empty. There's just a few thousands inhabitants. And then uh, um, in August and uh, around Christmas, it's full of people. There's uh, so much tourism and uh, um, so many cars uh, are, are in the streets. And of course, tourism for um, for a small town like Bormio, it's uh, economic prosperity. So people can seem to reason when, uh, when there's money involved. And uh, tourism is, is essential right now for, for our town economy. But at the same time, at the same time it's, uh, it's easy to see how disruptive it, it, it can be. Um, especially in Bormio, there is no train connection. And there are a few buses, but they, they are very slow, usually full, and there's not many of them. Uh, so almost everybody that comes to Bormio is, is, is by car. And um, mountain, mountain roads are not meant for, for having thousands and thousands of cars on, on them. It's, it's just not how mount, mountains are meant to, to be explored. Um, so th there, there's absolutely need of uh, some change uh, in the way we... Tourism is, uh, is taught, for example, uh, we... We need uh, to uh, to educate travelers. Uh, uh, for example, as it was said before by Mariana, not to travel everybody in, in exactly the same week of the year. Uh, we need some more conscious travelers. Uh, as, as for example, that's what uh, what Yolin does. Because uh, when you travel, um, thinking uh, what impact uh, does your uh, does your journey brings to the to the area you're visiting? You you kind of think differently. Uh, I, I would say that we need um, not to think ourselves when we're traveling, just uh, as we are a tourist, just visiting. But we're like more uh, temporary citizen. Uh, I would say we need to to contribute uh, as um, uh, to the place where we are at. Uh, not just as just going there and going back, just grabbing as much as we can, but be part of the place we're in. A really good message that that we are not just tourists. Thank you, Nicholas. Um, maybe uh, because you are also in the CVC and like at we had this uh, this discussion. How? What do you think? What um, we as young people um, would need to involve ourselves more into political decisions. The problem when uh, when young people uh, talk directly to to the institution, to politicians, and people uh, who have the power to actually change things is that uh, we we. Oh, quite frequently get the, the answer that we don't really know how, how complicated things are, that it's not as easy to change things. And uh, I, I can't stand that answer because uh, we know that there are some, some things that are missing, like uh, how, how sometimes politicians have their hands tied uh, for various reasons. Honestly, we, we, we cannot care less because we, we need some change. So we, um, 
I feel that we should be taken more seriously, even even if we don't get how complicated things could be, because we have quite clear in mind what the goal is. So we need more collaboration to reach that goal, not to be told that it's not easy to reach it. Yeah, that's true. Thank you, Nicolas. Um, I would like to ask Luisa, uh, because she's also involved in the CVC since five years, and uh, she got these experiences talking to people, <laughs> and maybe not that everybody's listening to her or to us. Uh, Luisa, um, where did you get your motivation to fight over and over for you, your and our ideas? Hey, Maggie. Hi, everyone. Um, glad to join this workshop today. Well, it is quite an easy answer on that one. Um, I'm, I'm a mountain person. I love being in the Alps and I love being in the mountains. Um, and as a climber and mountaineer, I really see the impacts of um, climate change and of human development on those places that I love. And because it can be quite depressing to just watch and see how it's going down the drain more and more. Um, yeah, that is my motivation that I want to at least do a small contribution to keep those places beautiful and intact and keep something that is valuable about them. Um, and you are doing great. <laughs> um, and what do you think Uh, do we need from for the long long run? I mean, we have Yolin for summer, but what do we need for the long run? In this specific um, case of mobility in the Alps, um, like one thing we're working on as the CYC is um, also an Alp ticket, an Alptic, as a kind of um, next step for the Yolin as well, which would be um, like a more permanent um, offer such as the Yolin for more people. Um, so traveling in the Alps with one ticket for um, a very affordable price, um, but not just um, like once a year for 100 people, but um, as a permanent offer. But more generally, what it, I think what it takes um, Yeah, to change the situation we're in right now. Um, also beyond mobility, this kind of applies to all different areas um, of sustainability. So that we need like, I, th I think we need true pricing as well. I mean, part of the Alptic idea and the ULN idea is also that we say for young people, one of the biggest hurdles towards um, choosing sustainable transport in the first place is that often... Um, It can be quite pricey, and at least if you look at it um, on the first first side, it seems to be more expensive than by car. And for young people, money is often the limiting factor to try it in the first place. And we heard a lot about um, changing mentality and um, changing our attitudes um, in order to change habits. And I think to um, in order to gain this mentality, you need to make the experience that actually the sustainable option often comes with um, better experience, like more quality experience. When you take the train, you often also take more time and your whole journey is um, yeah, enriched by it. But this experience you need to make first and often, um, yeah, 
some might not be like privileged enough to take a costly ticket first. So I think this is um, a major part that in order to change the mentality in the bigger population, we also need different um, yeah, cost incentives. I mean, if a, if a plane ticket is just often cheaper than actually just going to France by train and a plane ticket to, I don't know, like Mallorca or Portugal or, yeah, if that is cheaper, then I think it will be hard to actually change the mentality because it's relying a lot of individual idealism, if you want so. And I think it would make it a lot easier if we politically can take factor in the external costs of um, car driving of planes really honestly and not not just um, as a symbol but um, that this levels out the pricing or we make the sustainable option a lot cheaper by um, subsidies. Yeah. This was the first part of our discussion about climate-friendly mobility hosted by Magdalena Christandl from our project Youth Alpine Interrail. You can find out more about this project on yourlin.org. My name is Michael Gams. Thank you for listening. A podcast by Cipra. Il podcast della Cipra. Le podcast de la Cipra. Der Cipra podcast. Cipra podcast. Interviews, background talks and voices from all Alpine countries. Listen to this and more in the podcast of the International Commission for the Protection of the Alps. www.cipra.org forward slash podcast.